Okay. So I've decided that it's a it's a good idea to actually um kind of talk about these topics that I've written about in in a summarized way that the reader, if they're not having enough time to actually read this article and they're interested in the information that's provided here related to accounting and taxes, they could just hear me talk about it and uh, probably I will end up even including a couple more extra examples on the on the recorded uh, version. So let's get started. Uh, this first article that I am covering is uh, entity types. And this article is a short story about why you should consult with a professional before choosing which type of entity to select before starting your own business. And at the bottom of this article, uh, which I will not read, uh, is included a summarized list of common entity types and like some of the characteristics that all these entity types hold, which I think is very interesting read for a lot of people that are thinking about opening up their own business because the type of entity type they pick really will kind of set the foundation for the future of your business. So it's uh, extremely important for any person that's starting their own business to really consider what type of entity. With that being said, I'd like to get started. So my, my grandfather, he's a self-taught engineer and he has a really inspiring ability to tell stories. Uh, his memory is ridiculous when I say ridiculous. He can recite up to 17 pages of the Holy Quran and uh, among many other things that he can just still remember in his 80s. He worked at a power plant for over 30 years and uh, he didn't uh, enter the power plant as an engineer, but he just eventually got recognized as an engineer after inventing a substantial power savings sphere. And I'm not too technical about explaining what it was, but that's how he explained it to me. However, this article is not about his achievements, and uh, he will have his own dedicated piece. But uh, this article is about the wisdom he shared with me, and uh, how I can use that wisdom to make my own decisions today, and to... Uh, how I can pass on this wisdom that he shared with me. Um, so being in his 80s, he has many stories to tell, and uh, he loves telling them. His stories are two to 300 years old, uh, tales told by his grandfather and by his father, and I can recall paying attention to his grasping tales with the same excitement and engagement that I would just give to like the latest cartoons that I was watching, Dragon Ball Z, preferably. So he must have shared hundreds of anecdotes within those stories with me, and, and, and a few have an exceptional place with me. And uh, and I want to spin this story around to <laughs> to what one one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite expressions that he said. His father had told him, "If you don't want your children to ever go hungry, make sure you teach them a craft, and they will never go a day without working." And I thought, okay, well, that's very interesting, but uh, I was uh, highly suspicious of it. So anyway. Uh, yeah, I've heard that story when I was probably like nine or ten years old, and now I'm in my thirties, and uh, I realized that that's a really, really good point because what I've noticed is a lot of my friends now that we all have our own careers, uh, all the people that do hold a craft and aren't trades are actually doing pretty well for themselves because they that is we live in the niche economy and uh, having a trade, especially a trade that is and not dying out um it's it's pretty niche and, and uh it makes it makes all these people that know the trade very valuable and they, they're constantly just earning money so it's and then at the end of the day the amount of money they they could earn is all dependent on the amount of productivity and levels of productivity they're willing to to put in uh so my grandpa he has three brothers and uh one of them is a barber one of them is a welder and the other one is a tailor and uh 
great-grandpa practiced what he preached at least 75% of the time. The only person that, the only son that he didn't train in, in a trade was uh, my grandpa. It's mostly because my grandpa was the oldest and the situations were uh, a certain way back in the in the 50s in, in communistic Albania. But uh, no, nonetheless, uh, well, I did see the pattern that, okay, look at that. Uh, even 60 years later now, um, the one that's a barber, he still, he, although he's retired, he still could have a, a pretty good job. And the tailor, unfortunately, uh, he's passed away. But even till his last days, he was he, he was working because he loved it. And he was a he was a great tailor, actually, a very uh, famous one back home. And the other one was a welder, which uh, I, I'm sure that with a quick look up, you could uh, really find out that welders are in high demand right now because it is such a dying uh, craft. And there's only a few people that know how to do it. And so in most industrial countries, uh, welders are highly, uh, highly required. So with that being said, um, I, you know, there's uh, those three crafts are not the only three that essentially have survived the test of time. So other crafts are like carpenters, electricians, landscapers, painters, plumbers, auto mechanics, HVAC installers, masons, all these people that have... Uh, mastered all these crafts, uh, they have one one thing in common. Practically all of these specially trained uh, people can pursue their trade into a successful business by offering their services independently instead of working with somebody else. After all, the maximum income is the path to the American dream. So why not? Why not, uh, once you've mastered the craft, why not go into opening up your own business? Uh, well, I'll tell you why not. There's a lot of uh, hurdles to, to to undertaking such a such a such a really big step into uh, going out independently, especially for a contractor like a mason or or painter or landscaper or electrician. Obviously, uh, there will be those days where you know you don't have steady income and uh, steady cash flow, and that's that could be very concerning for for a head of household that doesn't have any other income. So they essentially are trying not to take as many risks and uh, you know or not, not go independently but uh, on the other hand is that if people are feel like they are ready and and to go independently um, they there's a lot uh, there's a lot of steps that people can take to kind of mitigate those risks and make sure that they're they're increasing their chances of success by lowering by lowering risk and uh, how how could they possibly do that well, so one of the things that I want to mention is that, that for example, we have um, electricians, and uh, let's just take electricians example, and they they want to go into their own business, open up their own business, um, and they decide they want to take on their own uh, accounting and finance decisions. They they can read up on on an article or a quick book or ask another person that's done it, and be like, oh, okay, no, I I know what to do now. Uh, when it comes to what type of entity I should pick and uh, what type of uh, software I should use to do the uh, bookkeeping and uh, what type of analysis I should perform and what type of prices I should charge, what, what my margin is. And I don't mean to drop jargon here, but it's just like literally things that are, are related with accounting and finance that an electrician may not be trained to really understand and perform. And I'm not saying there's no exceptions. There's naturally plenty of exceptions, but, you know, there's... There's uh, more often than not, there's a case that uh, an electrician is not trained to understand, analyze, and perform accounting and finance analysis. Very similarly to like an accountant or finance or a banker that are not trained to do any 
uh, elect electrical work around their house. So therefore, you know, they always are hiring an electrician, a trained uh, electrician. So it, it goes two ways, right? So um, thinking about opening up your own business and you are, you've mastered a trade and uh, you deciding to not take on any uh, consultational help uh, from uh, an accountant or a finance uh, expert, uh, then you're really putting yourself at a very high risk in uh, in the first few steps of your business. So this is uh, the whole core of this article. The whole idea is that you know hiring an outside uh, counsel to uh, essentially facilitate your decisions about what type of entity you should be uh, pursuing your business with is it's extremely critical. And I can't stress it enough that there's a there is a lot of a lot of start uh, small startups. A lot of people that are starting up their business and are they are making this critical mistake where they are not consulting with anybody on the type of or uh, type of entity and organization that sh they really should build, because uh, not there's very 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 few extremely similar or the same situations. Uh, everybody has a unique situation. So. Under those circumstances, I really think in, I, I really think that people should really consider uh, getting um, some sort of uh, advice from from an expert, and then decide on what type of entity uh, people should really be.